Hey, we're going to be listening today to an interview that was conducted, the other interview that is being talked about and going viral all over the place with Donald Trump on a Manhattan radio station, WABC. And this was Sid Rosenberg's interview with Donald Trump. Now, I'm just take a couple minutes out of it. You can go to the uh, Sid Rosenberg, Sid and Friends show on the WABC radio uh, website. And the whole thing is there. But I'm not going to play the whole thing. Nor am I going to put the whole thing on here because, first of all, that wouldn't be right at their interview. I'm just going to put a few minutes of it in the interest of uh, public domain and allowing this thing to reach a broader audience that probably uh, doesn't know about uh, the interview that took place and uh, also direct it towards them. There will be a link in the show notes on how to get to the full interview and listen to it in full. Taking out some parts of it, obviously, to uh, shorten it, uh, not editing in any way, just naming it the way it is, and just putting it out. Now, the first part of the question was, how did Trump feel about the interview and how he was treated by uh, Caitlin Collins over at CNN? And uh, does he think Caitlin Collins, who is now being viewed by some as being probably CNN's best hope for a better anchor, with the exception of Anderson Cooper, who's basically telling people to stop watching CNN if they're going to be watching Caitlin Collins and not him, because uh, he thinks he's prettier than she is. But that's another story entirely. And, uh, of course, there are others like Megan Kelly, who we talked about in another episode a little bit earlier about it. And, uh, well, let's just let Donald Trump find out what did he think about the entire CNN interview, how will it affect his campaign, and, of course, the legal problems that he faces in New York. Here's the former president, Donald J. Trump, on what he thought about the interview with Caitlin Collins. Well, I think it worked out well. We're getting rave reviews, I can tell you, and she's not. She was, uh, this, this was not Barbara Walters I was dealing with, let's put it this way. This was a person that was put there by CNN to try and do some damage, and I think she did. She did it to CNN. You know, I actually thought, maybe naively, that CNN, which is getting such bad ratings, would go a little bit more toward the middle, and they'll get their ratings up, and that's not what that was all about. That was really, they, they tried to go for home run, home run balls, and uh, it was really disgraceful. I think it was great entertainment. And uh, Steve Bannon and other people, I just see they're writing it's the greatest performance they've ever seen. I don't know about that. But it's uh, it was an interesting evening. And it was an evening based on common sense from my standpoint. I mean, these stupid people, they're going to destroy the country. Uh, Title 42 comes off. You're going to have millions of people marching through more. Let's forget millions. Millions have already come in. But you're going to have many more millions coming into our country. And we're just like a little lamb sitting there. We are so foolish <laughs> to allow this all to happen. No, you're right. And, uh, and I, I, I thought I, you enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. And, and you were funny. And you usually are. But you were also, I got to tell you, Mr. President, a lot of your answers were common sense and practical. Right. For example, for example, they desperately wanted you to say, I'm rooting for Russia because they want to ally you with Putin again. That nonsense. Exactly. And what you said, when you said, I don't want any more bloodshed. I don't want anybody right. to die. That was great. Right. Yep. People are dying. I could get that settled in one day. I know them both. I get that thing settled in one day. I know exactly how to do it, exactly what to say to each of them. Sort of what I do in life, Sid, right? Yeah. And uh, I know exactly what to say to each one of them. You know, they each have their vulnerabilities and each have assets. And 
you could get that thing settled in one day. And uh, it should have never started. You know, importantly, but now it's no longer important. If I were president, that would have never started. Zero chance. And Democrats admit that. Most Democrats admit that. Now, we have a we have a fool in office. He's a fool and he's destroying our country. Not just a fool, but a criminal. I will remind you that as the other networks were talking about you all day, there was Jim Comer, Capitol Hill yesterday, detailing the millions and millions of dollars that Hunter and Joe and Uncle Jimmy and just about every Biden, about 10 of them, has taken from China, Russia, Romania along the way. Mr. President, he's a criminal. And it doesn't get picked up by the fake news media. I mean, literally, charges, if that were about me or you or anybody, uh, it doesn't get picked up because he's a Democrat. It doesn't get picked up by the fake news. It's unbelievable. That would be the biggest story in the Times in 20 years, what mm. they've done. It's absolute total corruption. The money's pouring from these countries into people's pocketbooks in their family. And it doesn't get picked up by the media. It's, it's not even believable. It's sad. Our country's corrupt. We have a very corrupt country. We're like a third world nation. I think you're right about that. You said that last night. One of my other favorite moments from last night was, and I want to give my buddy Joe Tacopina a lot of credit. I thought he did a great job for you. In, a, in an impossible situation, as you know, right? right yes. So he does a great job. Well, the, okay. judge, the judge was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he wouldn't let anything in. He wouldn't let anything in. Of course, Donald Trump discussed his case, the verdict that was not in his favor recently, with a woman who claimed that, uh, and won, in fact, with a Manhattan jury, a vote of uh, six to nine, kind of an interesting number there, but uh, six out of the nine jurors siding in uh, her favor, choosing to support her claim of uh, being defamed um, and being sexually assaulted, or so the jury says. Donald Trump is planning to appeal the verdict awarded the woman $5 million. The case is on appeal. The case has been filed before the uh, second federal district court of appeals here in uh, New York City. And we will see how that case continues to move forward. Uh, judge, uh, the the uh, defense attorney, of course, uh, sorry, not judge, uh, Joe DiCapino is the one who uh, is taking up the case. Let's uh, listen to uh, what Mr. Trump had to say about that. No, no, we're going to win this on appeal. Joe did a good job. Look, it was so sacked. The judge hated Trump, just hated. You know, he was a Clinton judge, and he was out of order. This guy was just horrible as a judge, horrible. And how about the fact... He wasn't even a judge. He He was a prosecutor. Right, and how about the fact, Mr. President, just to add more to this story, who gave her the money? Who funded her case? The guy that funded her case is basically George Soros. Same guy. You know the amazing thing? When the judge heard about it, he let us go back and do a deposition to find out. So they go back to her, and they found out she lied because she said, no, nobody funded the case, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Then they go back, they found out she lied, and then actually it was this guy, Reed Hoffman, or whatever his name is, who the hell knows, but he's like their biggest funder or one of their biggest funders. So we caught her in a stone-cold lie. We go back to the court. He wouldn't allow us to use it. So let's just go do the interview, the deposition. <laughs> And then when we have the information, we say, oh, good, we just struck gold. He wouldn't let us use it. No, no, we had a judge who was so...
so horrible. So horrible. It's a shame. But we're going to win this on appeal. At some point, I'm going to win it. And by the way, just so you know, I have no idea who this woman is. This woman, I was not only in a, a, a you know, she said she makes a case that I took her to a dressing room. I was up in that room within minutes, okay? Think of it. I'm on the sidewalk. I walk to the store, which I rarely, I don't think I've been in Bergdorf Goodman three times in my life, except for charity stuff, okay? But at the front entrance of Bergdorf, this is a busy department store on a busy street. I see a woman, happened to be about 60 at that time, which is great. I see a woman at the door. She's coming out of the door. I see her. She sees me. There's great chemistry. Have you ever had great chemistry <laughs> with a woman before? And we see this unbelievable, the sparks are flying. We start talking. And she then brings me, listen to this, to a lingerie counter. She had to do that to create a little bit of a gap between that and the dressing room. You know, make it a little bit, you know, not just that she just gets thrown into a dressing room, right? Now, can you imagine if I walked up? By that time, I was as famous as I am. Now, I go in with a woman to a dressing room and buy her lingerie. Do you believe this? Oh, okay. And it's not on page six at the time. Page six and all of the other gossip columns. So we have plenty of them. Uh, then I go from the lingerie counter. This is in minutes. I'm, I'm in a dressing room. Interestingly, it turned out during the trial, the doors were all locked. So she said, no, she found one. So what kind of a woman meets you and is within minutes searching for a dressing room right, come on. to get in? Dickens. And then, then it happens. You know, then it all happens. Yeah. This woman, she made up this story. This is a fabricant. I have no idea who she is. You know, she took a picture of me like, probably 20, 30 years ago. I don't know, on a celebrity line with her husband. That's the only thing she had. Uh, she takes a picture. She says, look, here's a picture. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, oh they must know each other. I, I took hundreds of people in that line, but I've taken probably, I would say, you know better than me, a million pictures over the years. I mean, every day it's pictures, pictures, pictures. But think of this thing. I meet her. And within minutes, I have her in a dressing room. Number one, what kind of a woman would do that? Okay, I can tell you what kind. But what kind of a woman would do that? And then she didn't scream. She said, oh, it hurt. But she didn't scream. The cash register's right outside. She could have screamed. There are people all over the place. It, it is such a fabricated uh, story. Yep. And it's a disgrace. When you talk about Donald Trump and, of course, the recent things, a lot of the things he's been talking about also have been the elections and uh, how that people are looking, for example, at surveys that have recently come out. One by USAGov, a very interesting survey that primarily is handled and they're the ones who generally are hired by many of these uh, leftist groups that uh, come out and um, bring out their, uh, their, their topics for, for people to be looked at. Uh, so a lot of these left of center groups, a lot of these NGOs, they go out, they hire uh, USA Gov, and they come out with uh, different opinions about uh, what is what is going on from what is usually the normal mainstream survey companies like Gallup and uh, you know old Ipsos polls, uh, the other groups uh, hired by Reuters, and uh, it just doesn't seem to be a very normal range of poll. And Donald Trump had something to say about that, asking who exactly are these people who are still in favor of Joe Biden as bad as things are going in the country today? When I see Biden has a 40% or 42% approval rating, 
I said, who would those 42% people be? Are these, are these people like, uh, are they are they living people? Are these living people? You know who they are? You know who they are? They're Caitlin Collins who kept stopping you last night when you tried to explain to her that he's got 1,600 boxes. What about him? Yeah. Figure it. He's got 1,850 boxes. He's got nine boxes in Chinatown that now he removed to his lawyer's office in Boston and nobody cares about them. I have a secured facility with the Secret Service all over the place. The whole thing is a hoax. You know what it is? It's election interference. That's what it is. They're using this as another way of cheating on the election. This is it. Because what they want to do is try and soil and tarnish you so that you can't win an election. These are sick people. We're dealing with fascists. We're dealing with Marxists. These are sick people, I can tell you. But they're doing... Election interference. If we can come up with some boxes, if we can come up with anything, just anything, just throw it against the wall, just like Russia, Russia, Russia. It was a fake deal. I had to spend two and a half, two years on that thing. Russia, Russia, Russia. Totally fake. You know the worst was when they, and you know Don, my son. Yep. So Schiff and these guys made up the story. And then Schiff walks outside one day, you know, sneaks outside from his confidential meeting, which he's not supposed to do. And he says, Donald Trump Jr., for what he did, will someday go to prison. And I'm, I watched this, and I said, what are they saying about my son? Prison, it had nothing to do with that. So Schiff makes that statement, and he knows it's a fake deal. What kind of a human being would say that? And he made up the story, along with crooked Hillary Clinton and the group. So we're dealing with very bad people. I can tell you that, Sid. You know that. You no, I hate that a little bit of it. No, I hate them. I, I mean, I, I don't like to use the word hate, Mr. President, but I actually hate these people. And I wrap it up with this, Senator. you got to run. This is your third consecutive time running. Looking, as you would say, be a third consecutive win. I agree. I get the right. feeling, President Trump, and I may be wrong, that you want this one much more than the other two. Is that me putting words in your mouth? Or am I accurate? It seems to be. It's, it's, I, you know, I never thought of it that way. It's a very interesting way of putting the question. So I won the first time. And, and you know, they challenged everything. You know, now they say, oh, we challenge, we challenge. They challenge like crazy. We have still people that haven't accepted, okay? But we won the first time. I did much better the second time. Got 12 million more votes, okay? I was told if I got the same 63 million that, you know, I got 12 million more votes. And that's the votes that we know about. That's not including votes that, you know, you know what happened. It was a crooked election. Right. Totally rigged election. So I won the first time, did better the second time. And, and you know, because of COVID and other things, they were able to cheat. They cheat. These people are professional cheaters. They're crooks. They're cheaters. Uh, I think you're right. I never thought of it. I think I want this one as much as I wanted or more. I think I might want this one more because what they did is so bad. And the other thing is, the country's never been in a position like this. We're going to end up in a World War II, uh, three. We're going to end up in what this is not like a World War II. World War II was army tanks going around shooting each other, okay? This is nuclear weapons. And we're going to end up in World War Three. And if this is World War Three, you can kiss your show goodbye. As much as you're doing, I know you're making a fortune. You should be <laughs> the number one show. But you can kiss your number one show goodbye because nuclear weapons wipe it out. They wipe it out. But World War II and World War One were terrible. World War Three will be a whole different ballgame. You don't need army tanks anymore. This is annihilation. And we have an idiot. We have a man who is literally 
I believe he's got an IQ right now, and it was never high, but I believe he's got an IQ someplace in the low 70s. (laughs) And this is the man that's telling us about uh, nuclear weapons and dealing with Russia. And he says the wrong things. He acts tough when he shouldn't, and he acts weak when he should do the opposite. Let's get some reaction now. Of course, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is probably one of the biggest critics of Donald J. Trump. And of course, on MSNBC, one of the biggest critic networks of Mr. Trump and home to most of the people who are against him, uh, came up with this uh, very strange reaction. Uh, it was just basically a, a pile up of different people who utterly, totally are full t- on TDS people. These are people who are completely hit by that Trump derangement syndrome and how the uh, issue is uh, to them, what exactly it means, and why, in their opinion, CNN let them down. Oh, they're not the only ones. Uh, obviously, one of CNN's own anchors in uh, Anderson Cooper was also upset. Probably upset that he didn't get to do the interview. Probably upset because the anchor was allowed to wear white. He wasn't. Maybe. Who knows? Very hard to tell. You know, in a Vanderbilt gets into things, a lot of things go weird. Anyway, let's listen to, <laughs> definitely not a Vanderbilt, but definitely not a girl from Vassar either. Here's a AOC on her reaction to the Trump interview and a little bit of how that interview went with uh, someone at MSNBC who seems really upset with Mr. Trump. You know, I I made a statement about two weeks ago, and in that statement, I stated that January 6th was just a dress rehearsal for some of these folks. And and I believe that uh, the former president really echoed that sentiment tonight. Why else would you pardon people who perpetuated a terrorist attack on the United States Capitol? other than for reasons to support the person in a potential effort to do it again. We also saw that he refused tonight to say and commit that he would not only recognize the results of the 2020 election, but also refused outright to acknowledge any outcome and respect any outcome of a 2024 election. This is a profoundly dangerous moment. What we saw on January 6th was a dress rehearsal, because what we are seeing is is that being set as an example in state legislatures across the country, in the ability to really suspend democracy in states like Tennessee and Montana, where they are following the president's example, and they are committing truly unprecedented acts in attempts to either expel, censor, censor or generally uh, bar um, members, legislate, duly elected legislated, uh, legislative officials from entering their, bo- their legislative bodies in which they have been elected to. This is a profoundly dangerous moment to see someone deny it, for him to also be platformed in the lie that he had somehow attempted um, to, to call the National Guard. I will tell you, we were barricaded in a room with the lights off and 
that entire day, hearing the screams from outside our window, trying to figure out if we were going to break the glass to jump out, and if so, how would we not be recognized or, or killed on the street? Um, and we knew when the sun was setting that night and the National Guard had, had you know, there was no, no indication that help was coming, it was terrifying. Well, that's the latest for me for now. I'm Mike Collin. This is the Mike of New York podcast. And of course, we are looking to do more and more and more and more and more and more and more stuff. I leave you now with uh, the last part of that interview with Sid Rosenberg and uh, Donald Trump. And uh, let's see exactly what is going to be coming up for more. Hey, you never know. Anything can happen. Right? Right? Maybe. Who knows? God bless you. God bless everybody. God bless these United States of America. Because, of course, without God, America can't be great again. That's why, to be great, go with God. Because greatness flows from the Lord above. And anything you do can be done if you keep faith in Him and all His blessings. Just remember that. Be safe, everybody. Have a wonderful day. I'm Mike of New York.